I've been looking forward to having a conversation like this for a while. We're going to talk about the Afghanistan situation and the Canadian um, citizens that are there, the permanent residents that are there, uh, the Afghan nationals who helped us while we were over there, and what the situation is now in terms of getting them out and what it was like working to get them out during the chaos at the Kabul airport over the past few weeks. So we're going to be chatting now with Alex Neve, who is a senior fellow with the University of Ottawa's Graduate School of Public and International Affairs. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, do I have this correct? You, you have some first-hand knowledge. You were actually involved in, in trying to get Canadians out of Afghanistan as things fell back into Taliban hands. Is that true? Uh, now, the group that I was assisting didn't involve Canadians, but it certainly involved a number of individuals with very strong and close connections to Canada. Right. I think, as your introduction suggested, there's a there's a whole variety of cases to be very concerned about. There's Canadian citizens, there's permanent residents, there's, there's Afghans who already hold some kind of Canadian visa, but then there's also... Uh, a wide range of of Afghans who are in very serious risk, who may not have the documentation, but have very strong and close ties to Canada. So just walk us through what it's been like dealing with these people and trying to uh, help them in their efforts to get out of Afghanistan. How has it gone? Uh, well, I guess there's there's two perspectives to to examine here. One, of course, is most importantly what it's been like for those individuals. So the group that we've been concerned about is 30 people, uh, which is three different families, all of whom have some very close connection to staff with the human rights group Amnesty International. I um, previously used to be the Secretary General yep. of Amnesty International here in Canada, so I've got a lot of relationships with current and, and former staff. Um, and um, uh, it involved uh, older people, and it certainly involved a number of children, including five of this group of 30 were under the age of five. So you can imagine the, the vulnerability, the the difficulties faced. And it was agonizing. For the past three weeks, we have had so many um, options that looked like it was finally going to lead to getting on a plane and being out of Kabul. At one point, we had confirmation that all 30 had been confirmed on a special charter flight that some organizations based in the United States had been able to uh, organize with funding, believe it or not, from the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, but I'm sure, as all listeners remember, the the real challenge was getting to the airport, getting through the Taliban checkpoints outside of the airport, and then getting access, getting permission to walk inside the airport even at that point. And despite a number of close calls, um, our group simply was never able to get through those hurdles. And so um, as the situation in Kabul became more and more dangerous, uh, they had all had to abandon their homes because the Taliban had started to come looking for them in their homes. One of the families had even had to change safe houses on two separate occasions. We took the decision, obviously, in consultation with them uh, that we needed to get out of Kabul and try for an evacuation from somewhere else. So for the last week, they've been in the northern city of Mazar-i-Sharif, uh, which is getting quite close to the border with Uzbekistan. And we're doing everything we can to explore what the ways for getting out of the country there may be. So it's it's really tough. It's really, really tough. So that's from the perspective yeah. of the individuals themselves. On the government side, 
Um, it's been, I mean, this may sound like a mild word to use, but I'll, I'll use this word anyway. I've certainly been very disappointed at the, the response from the Canadian government. I say that recognizing it's been pandemonium and sure. chaos for everyone, including governments. Uh, and certainly that the Canadian government, like many other governments, was deluged uh, with requests from all sorts of people, including, as you noted in the, the beginning, from, from citizens and permanent residents and all sorts of other people, and clearly hadn't anticipated this. I think there'll be many questions to be asked of the Canadian government and all governments after this is all over as to how it could be that this was so profoundly unanticipated, that the demands and how rapidly those demands were going to arise seem to have taken so many governments by complete surprise. And that's been very frustrating. Yeah, I think for all of us, as, and far more so for people like yourself who are sort of working day after day and night after night to try and, uh, you know, get these people out. So um, when we, we're in the middle of a federal election campaign, and this has been a story on the federal election campaign and how the government really hasn't done the job that we would expect them to do, what should we be asking of these parties that want to be the next government? I mean, what kind of... I mean, this is an ongoing situation. We know that it will likely last for years. Uh, what should we be expecting from whoever forms government? Uh, I think there's, I think there's three things to keep in mind here. Uh, one is uh, the evacuation itself. So, there are so many people trapped inside Afghanistan who continue to be in danger, and even though. Uh, all of the international forces have pulled out now, the U.S. being the last to wrap up its presence. Um, evacuation still needs to be pursued very, very deliberately. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that won't necessarily be easy, but we need to hear some real commitments from all of the parties uh, that they're going to prioritize that. Uh, secondly, um, there is a there is a wider and slightly longer term need around refugee resettlement. Um, I think it's important for listeners to to remember. I think um, when the prime minister and ministers have been asked questions about Afghanistan while out on the campaign trail, they've often pointed to the commitment the government made to bring twenty thousand Afghan refugees uh, to Canada uh, as as the answer. Well, that's a refugee resettlement program. Refugee resettlement requires the individual to already be outside of their country, in other words, outside of Afghanistan, before they can even apply. So that is not a solution for people who are trapped inside Afghanistan, uh, for whom the prospect of being able to cross even a land border into a neighboring country is fraught and, and frankly, in many instances, very, very dangerous. So... It's good that we're talking about refugee resettlement. There already are Afghans outside of the country who need that kind of assistance. There's clearly going to be a growing number of Afghans uh, who continue to flee. Uh, And we are hearing, uh, we've heard from the Liberal Party, for instance, that they're prepared to double that commitment from 20,000 to 40,000. That's brilliant. Uh, But let's not get things mixed up here. Refugee resettlement does not solve the needs for people in the country who need evacuation. Exactly. So that's the second piece is refugee resettlement. And then I think the third is it's really important for Canada, and we want to hear this from all of the federal parties, to really be stepping up and play uh, not just a passive, but a significant catalyzing leadership role uh, at the global level uh, in terms of bringing states together ensuring that there's a coordinated global response uh, to the situation, 
that um, uh, that the kinds of uh, broader initiatives that are going to be needed to respond to what's going to continue to be a deteriorating human rights and humanitarian crisis inside Afghanistan uh, are well funded, have strong diplomatic and political support. So, so playing that kind of role on the world stage is also crucial. Yeah, which will be so important. Um, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. Some great information. I really appreciate the discussion. Thanks for your interest. You bet. That is Alex Neve, who is a senior fellow with the University of Ottawa's Graduate School of Public and International Affairs.